The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination. Nerdapalooza, the world's largest nerd music festival, and with the generous support of listeners like you. For more Nerdy Show podcasts, community forums, and learn how you can support this and other fine Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com. This is Master Legend. I'm a real-life superhero known around the world, and I'm on Nerdy Show. Butterfly in the sky with robotic wings and eyes. Stick a look, it's in a book. Nerdy Show book club. Books are like comic books, but with more words and brain pictures. Nerdy Show book club. It might go anywhere. Welcome to Nerdy Show, a weekly podcast dedicated to every facet of nerddom. From comics and video games to science and technology, if it's geeky, we've got it covered. And this is an episode of Nerdy Show Book Club. The books! Nerdy, yeah, the Nerdy Show show where we talk about books and um, we read a book with the community. This episode, well, the community has read, along, has read Sick Puppy by Carl Hyacin along with us. So later in this episode, we're going to be talking about Sick Puppy and uh, talking about what you thought about Sick Puppy. And uh, right now, we're going to talk about some books we read. It has been a while since there's been a book club. Uh, hi, I'm Cap. I'm Tony. I'm Brandon. I'm Colin. I'm not usually on these. Nope. You're our special guest. You are special. You're extra it's special. indeed a special our guest. Our special guest. I am so happy to be here, We have friends. a helmet, but I lost it. I'm I need that away. helmet. I have hit many walls on my way into the room. Yep. Super special. Anyway, so uh, hopefully we've all been reading some books here. I know I have. I got a bit. I got a fat stack. I've been on a lot of airplane trips, and I read a lot of books. I, I have a problem, and my problem is Final Fantasy fourteen. No, 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 no. That's not my. That's not my problem. But please yes, join is. me on the Adamantoy server. Anyway, my my problem. Brandon will post to the Nerdy Show forum where you can join him on Final Fantasy fourteen. The problem is that I finished this book a while ago. You know, it's been a while. I finished it. And as you know, I've been on that government program that says you need to tell me what to read so that you can get paid for it. You haven't told me what to read since I finished that book several months ago, so I haven't read anything. And on top of that, the government just shut down, so I don't know if you're getting any more fucking paychecks, and I don't know how I'm supposed to read books anymore. So you see my problem. One, you haven't told me to read another book, and two, the government ain't going to pay you anymore because there ain't no more government. We're living in anarchy. Well, fortunately... After well, who knows? Who knows if that's current to the uh, to this episode? By the time this airs, shit, I, there's going to be no more internet. I hope it. I hope it's not. But we'll, we'll find out. Uh, there's there's always there's always another book to read uh, for Nerdy Show Book Club, mm-hmm. and we know that next episode is happening sooner rather than later because we're going to have a special guest in that episode. Hooray! Like, like this not, is a real special guest, not, not, not like Tony, Tony oh. like an actual like an actual interview guest. Can interview who, who, me. Who is that going to be? Well, we'll get into that later in the episode when we announce the next oh, book. Okay. I don't even know what it's going to be. So. You mean I'm not here for an interview? <laughs> Tony, no, what Tony. did you read? Well, outside of the multitude of comics that I try to pretend are actual books, I've been rereading Comics and Sequential Art by Will Eisner, which is a really, really interesting book. It's one of the kind of Bibles for people who are looking to get into drawing comics, and it, it explains 
the the pacing of panel structure of how to construct every aspect of what you're doing what a word balloon is from a metaphysical standpoint and what you can do with the medium now he's eisner's the guy who owns disney right <laughs> yes and okay. not not no. not anymore even that, wrote, that, that joke's not even current <laughs> oh okay <laughs> that joke hasn't been current for a uh, long will, time will guys eisner, i'm not really current <laughs> sorry will eisner's one of the many uh fathers of the graphic novel he was a pioneer in creating uh sequential art books rather than simple like uh periodical monthly issue comics he kind of he pushed the envelope of what comics could do before people were pushing the envelope of what comics could do. And up to his dying day, he was teaching comics as an art form at a university up in New York. There, I mean, the equivalent of the Oscars is named after this man. So when he writes a book on the subject... Oh, the kinda, Eisners, it makes sense now. Yeah, how about days. that? It's right, like, the thing that Atomic Robo hasn't won twice. Oh, but this time... If Will Eisner was still alive, he would have... He would have liked. He next time, though, it's a sure thing. Putting words in a dead man's mouth—that's pretty bold, Tony. That's okay because I understand how <laughs> word balloons work for dead men. Thanks to Will Eisner in comics and sequential art. You should see what I put in a dead man's mouth. It ain't I, no words, Sonny. <laughs> it's my penis. That there is a word oh, for that. I though. had to elaborate. You, you didn't, but that's okay. Anyway, that's I, what was why we well? Keep uh, really, I think you should reconsider the elaboration because honestly, see, uh, well, I, I dig I up was, a corpse, well, and they still I, have teeth. I, I was going through a whole litany of things you could have put in the corpse's mouth, and it was more interesting than actually knowing it was your penis. Well, no, what what I do here? Well, here's the interesting part: I close their jaw, uh-huh. I knock out the four middle teeth, uh-huh. and so there's still kind of like friction, and then I just have sex with the like the little hole made in his teeth. That's a very very. But they sp- have to have like a full set of teeth in the middle, or it doesn't work. I, I won't do it in an open mouth. You don't feel anything on a dead corpse. What do you no use teeth. for lubrication? I mean, that shit's dry. What, as you want to you want to ruin the feeling of a dead man against your your peepee? Well, you know the the body <laughs> has a tendency to secrete. That's kind certain. of adorable. Why would you Why would you use lube on your peepee? <laughs> You gotta feel the dead man's teeth, or else why are you fucking a dead man? Welcome to Nerdy Show Book Club <laughs> with yeah. Brandon. With I it. get paid to read, son. <laughs> Actually, I don't. He's so making that paper else for gets, reading the papers. Someone else gets paid for me to read, I guess. But yes, that, that's I what I... I don't I've, think we're getting paid enough. No. And <laughs> that's what I've been reading. And also, I've been scanning newspapers for whether or not Brandon's been caught yet on his rampant necrophilia. <laughs> not yet, obviously. But is it necrophilia or necro- necrophilatio? Uh, I think it's a very specific subset of necrophilia. I don't believe any of us are adept enough to know the actual lingo amongst necrophiliacs. What do you call it when you have sex with a dead animal? Because I have this rash. It's taxidermophilia. Again, again, it's really, I mean, none of us are are deep enough in the culture of necrophilia to actually know the lingo. Certainly there might be something. I thought I wasn't. Deep enough. Ah, I see what you did there. All right, who else has read something? Colin, I bet you read something. Well, you've been kind of you've been busy on a book project. A book project? (laughs) Yes, Colin, you've been making a play based on a book. Oh well, that's true. I thought you meant yes. I've been Colin. Everybody, actually, that's the book that I've uh, read. I read A Wrinkle in Time. Is uh, that like Madison Langle? W R I N K L E. Yes. Okay. He's I, learning spelling. I don't know how to spell. Sorry. Yeah, I thought it was like wrinkle in time. Okay. <laughs> That's extremely disrespectful. Proceed. What? I don't even know what that book's about. Something about Doctor Who. It's one of my favorite books ever. Yeah, Cap, why don't you just go ahead and describe it? Young adult science fiction from the mid-late 60s with a female protagonist using complicated sci-fi themes that are still high level even for today's kids as far as understanding. It's uh, true. And uh, it's, it's both scientific and also metaphysical. 
It's, an, yeah. it's a very complex book. Uh, basically, like it was Madeleine Langle's uh, idea of having to explore physics and metaphysics and what she was looking into and, and really interested in. Um, and basically, it's the story of these three uh, these three kids, Meg Murray, Charles Wallace, and Calvin O'Keefe, and their journey through the stars fighting against uh, what is called the dark thing, um, which is essentially evil, and uh, meeting all of the different entities in the universe that are helping with the fight against evil. And uh, it's a really incredible book that is exceptionally formative for many 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 nerds uh and many others uh across uh history since 1962 i I know a lot of a lot of people many different ages who have uh who've really connected to that book does this have anything to do with that movie with robert de niro and that blimp what (laughs) (laughs) you have a movie with robert de niro he's like a sky pirate and then people go over this wall and there's like space and weird fantasy shit oh it is not no it is not stardust oh okay (laughs) <laughs> couldn't even figure out kinda, what the hell he was talking about sad Robert De Niro on that blimp where else has he been on a blimp I, Robert I, I, De Niro has been on a lot of blimps oh. what, do you, what do you mean and, and he's gay Robert what? De Niro can but be gay he was, he, was gay he was gay in the film yeah. he was also possibly the book but I've never read the, the book so I you got, just a, you got a problem with Robert De Niro being side. gay yeah. All right. Stardust actually is the only book by Neil Gaiman that I have read and not liked so. wait Neil Gaiman made Stardust yes <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning so much today, guys. I normally don't read or learn, but we're just definitely been... meeting our quota this month. Uh, the government <laughs> shut down, Colin. You're not getting anything this month. Sorry. Anyway, so you're well, turning this into a play. Yes. Any, well, I didn't. Uh, my uh, theater did. I work for a children's <laughs> theater, and um, we took a play, Wrinkle of Time, and we turned it into a show. But the thing that was different about this one is I'm actually a video designer. And so what I did was I created all of the sets um, and worlds and uh, transitions and even to the point of a character by way of Mrs. Witch uh, with video. Uh, I was also the sound designer as well. So it was a an exceptionally hard and long process. And that <laughs> is actually why this episode is late uh, later than normal because I was basically sleeping at the theater. It is normally Le- hard and long, yes, Colin. Yes, I was literally sleeping at the theater. Wait, I have a question uh, for you though, Colin. You uh, said you said A Wrinkle in Time is a very complicated book, even by today's standards for kids. How did you sure. dumb it down for them? You must have dumbed it down for them, little chitlins. You know what's funny? Uh, actually, one of the reviewers uh, said that they thought that people wouldn't understand the play. Well, children aren't people. And so <laughs> children are, are weird, are, mysterious are, are, little fucking creatures that I don't give a shit for. But but, you know, yeah. you know me, <laughs> our marketing director was like, this publication doesn't believe that you are smart enough to understand a wrinkle in time. We have faith in you. And then put up. the. <laughs> wow, was, that's pretty, pretty. They damn said great. you're dumb. Prove them wrong. Wow. Yeah basically it's so but it was very successful and it's been very well reviewed and it's it's an it's an, an exceptional show and a lot of people worked is really, it recorded really hard on it, so. so people can watch it online or something uh no it's how can not people know your works colin like our fans by, by going to nashville no nashville yeah, it's, it's theater it's not it's not like tv it was a very difficult experience but it was exceptionally fun and it's been really well received and uh there have been people who every single person that i've talked to who has seen the movie and seen the show has uh been very complimentary about the show and and very well i'd like to point out that that uh, television film which is on abc 
like quite a while ago is an abortion. So, <laughs> well, no, you because know, Madeline Langle herself even said that it was shit. I disagree because abortions are useful. Um, so I don't think that the TV show is abortion. Yeah, at all. no, it, it's it's miserable. Honestly, I've been wanting to uh, make in some capacity a Wrinkle in Time film like my whole life ever since I read the damn book. It's it's amazing, and the fact that no one. Uh, has been either either brave enough or competent enough to actually bring it to sc- the screen is just absurd to me. But it is it is complex, as you can tell, since like you know someone reviewed the play and still in this day and age, decades later, said it's too complex for adults or children. Good job, asshole. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it is not, honey, boo boo. I don't understand it. Fun fact about the Wrinkle in Time uh, television film, though. Uh, it actually features one of the members of Corky and the Juice Pigs, a very formative uh, <laughs> comedy band uh, from the from the '90s, as the Happy Medium. Uh, very very weird place to find one of the Juice Pigs. Yeah, we don't have the Happy Medium in our show because it's only seventy minutes long. But and, and you know what? That's fine because I feel that the Happy Medium completely fucks the book. Yeah, it's it's it, we it's do a, have the a, giant brain, which was difficult to make, but. It's there. I'm I'm glad that that part's cool. Happy Medium is a dumb pun. I guess sort of an interesting character for shepherding the ideas forward, but uh, ultimately yeah. that's the part that fucks the book right there. That's the only thing. That's it. I'm still stuck yeah. on Corky and the Juice Pigs. That's that's a name I have never heard before. Well, you you're not, you don't know Corky and the Juice Pigs? Up, dude. No. Oh and here God. comes our review of Corky and <laughs> the Juice Pigs. Uh, a later a later time. A later time. Um. So this, episode, get over the this episode has been about a wrinkle in time. <laughs> uh, wrinkle in time. Even if you've read it as a child, you should give it a read again because it's pretty great. But you don't have to take my word for it. Hello, yeah, Will Eisner. Cap, what have you been reading? Oh, my God, Colin, I've read so much. As you may remember in, uh, in the last episode of Book Club, if you can remember back that far, I was in the process of reading Ray Kurzweil's The Age of Spiritual Machines When Computers Exceed Human Intelligence. Uh, which is one of, I mean, his most current, his most recent book, uh, The Singularity is Near. Basically, he rewrites himself uh, periodically. But I, th- I thought this was an important place to go to, to start, because I'm very familiar with, like, Kurzweil's ideas, but I haven't actually read his books, which I felt kind of bad about. You know, this, this man is a futurist, and his concepts have really paved the way for where we're going. He wrote this book back in 1998. It's sectioned off in, in a very interesting way and, uh, and is framed in an interesting way. He speaks to a fictional character at the end of every chapter and, and, go, and ushers through her life from, at his time, present day through to the future. And you see how, how her entire world changes. So he presents chapters and chapters of all these concepts and everything, outlying like how the intelligence of computers have changed and how artificial intelligence inevitably start to build up. And these concepts that are present here are, in a way, uh, fully predictive of what we can expect. His dates are off sometimes, but inevitably, unless there's a, a massive global cataclysm, uh, we should look to what Kurzweil's written to figure out how exactly computers and computational technology and ultimately artificial intelligence will affect our way of life. So he's is, is just really good at predicting the path that technology will choose, or...? Well, he's uh, just the way it evolves. Uh, both. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but evolution is is a is a dominant concept. And but can a machine evolve? Well, you know, th- there's a boundary that that breaks down between humanity and technology because we start modifying ourselves, and the mm-hmm. and the artificial intelligences are are real enough to, uh, as as entities that we uh, that many people will just uh, accept them in in no time whatsoever as. You know, as ideas, that what what's uh, what we understand is the internet will evolve into a more complex thing that we go into, 
uh, further, you know, the more the more immersive technology becomes and entertainment solutions and so on. There comes a point towards the end of the book where people become data entities rather than having corporeal like bodies and functions anymore willingly. And in, in fact, can merge if, if they like truly care about somebody can even merge their intelligences together to create a completely new being themselves. They themselves morph into something more complex. And it's hard. It's it's an easy concept to understand as to how it could be possible simply combining two two gestalt entities like that. But uh, but actually, the ramifications of, of thinking at that scale is almost impossible. How does the author feel about the robots from Daft Punk? Mm-hmm. I, I, does he feel uh, like they're a threat to humanity, or they're like kind of helping the way? I, I would believe that they're helping the way. I think he'd probably. You should. I'd like to know his thoughts on Daft Punk. But uh, in, in <laughs> 1998, you know, they weren't as well established as they are now. No, definitely um, not. Here's here's a brief excerpt to kind of put you where where he's at. This is the chat. This is chapter 2009. It's not actually. This, <laughs> Excuse this, me. This, 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 <laughs> this is. Cap it's, is holding a 100,000 page book. No, by the no, way, it, it's it's chapter nine, but the 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 title the the chapter is 2009. Um. It is now 2009, and the thing about he wrote this in 1998. Individuals primarily use portable computers, which have become dramatically lighter and thinner than no, the notebook computers of 10 years earlier. Oh my god! Personal computers are available in a wide range of sizes, shapes, and are commonly embedded in clothing and jewelry, such as wristwatches, rings, earrings, and other body ornaments. Computers with a high-resolution visual interface range from rings and pins and credit cards up to the size of a thin book. People typically have at least a dozen computers on and around their bodies, which are networked using BodyLand's local area networks. These computers provide communication facilities similar to cellular phones, pagers, and web surfers, monitor body functions, provide automated identity, provide directions to, for navigation, and a variety of other services. That's just the start of it. It goes on to talk about, you know, like the... So the, he's like Nost- the, the Nostradamus of technology. I wouldn't call him Nostradamus because that, that kind of does him a disservice. He's like no. the Merlin <laughs> there we go. The future technology. <laughs> I will, the only thing missing out of that is like the branding of Google. Yeah, well, and, pretty and, much. I mean, basically with the, with the jewelry thing, which of course this is too... You know, he's off, he's off a bit there, but yeah. I mean, basically he's describing Google Glasses. Google Glasses, uh, an iPad, an iPod Nano, right. maybe something about that size. But I mean, like, if I read That's this, if I, if I read this whole section, it would just be even, it would be the effect of that one paragraph multiplied. He, uh, dude's on to something, and this book is really cool, and I'm, I really enjoy the way that, that he very frankly discusses change, changes in the human condition. And it actually, it helped me with something. Because I, I'm kind of a, a, a purist when it comes to the human condition. I, I, I enjoy computers and everything, but I don't have any interest in, um, in, in augmenting my body if I had the chance. I would, as, uh, taking, looking back at a previous discussion from Book Club, I would still very much want to, want to poop, even though, <laughs> even though my, my body could be modified so that it processes all those nutrients to a fuller extent. I mean, I would love to have a better metabolism. My metabolism fucking sucks. But uh, I don't want to eliminate parts of the human condition. I think that growing old and dying is important. And Kurzweil is actually looking at, a, at an existence where we uh, either dramatically slow down aging or cease to age altogether. Never mind, you know, evolving into a consciousness. Wait till you're old and dying. And then remember you I, said that. I know. Okay? But I, I, think it's an, I think it's important. It's important to, to die. But um, or at least to have that hovering over your head. Um, <laughs> Well, otherwise you never change. We'll get into that discussion <laughs> so, later. Yeah, it's obviously the complicated life things. Anyway, like he, um, uh, in reading this book, I've become more comfortable with the idea of technology as an evolutionary means. In his, in his perspective, evolution has slowed down to stopped. If you look at evolution as an entity, its creation of, uh, of, of man was a reaction to continuing to like to further evolve and, and 
and persevere and everything. So then adaptability. So so ev- but evolution is slow. Like the functions of evolution are slow, but the technology that it in, that it created via man because man creates technology and that that technology is like a new kind of evolution that can evolve eventually evolve itself. So instead of us evolving, we're using technology basically to augment, it, augment our own evolution. In a way, it becomes we got lazy. It becomes more of a cycle. Like our our technology is a means to an end of evolution furthering itself. When does Skynet? It's like that episode of Futurama. <laughs> With with the evolving dinosaur robots, ideally Skynet doesn't happen. Um, uh, no, it's going to happen. So we are evolving through our technology that then allows us to evolve physically because <laughs> of the technology. Yes, it just occurred to me that seeing some of the results of this evolution frightened the fuck out of me. Have you guys seen a comment section anywhere recently? No, why? You don't want to. Okay. <laughs> you think of a primordial soup with all these different things struggling to survive. None of it survives down there. Everything floats. In the comment section? Yes. Any comment section. We're we talking about 4chan? I, I think that the Nerdy Show comments are very diplomatic and kind. Those yes. people are. This is, a very, this is a young culture. What about B? B is its own thing. Well, Brandon, you can, you can, you can walk down the virtual, dirty, dangerous rape alley that is B. <laughs> no, in, I don't want to be labeled as like a sex offender. I'm <laughs> never going on it. So that's just, that's just like, that's uh, Age of Spiritual Machines in a nutshell. I think it's really awesome, and everybody should check it out, and I look forward to reading his follow-up book, The Singularity is Near, and that was just one of many books. Of course, I reread it. time? Shit. How I, did you have so I, much time to read all these books? It it's, been, it's, it's been a long time, and I've been on a lot of trips. Uh, I really enjoyed The Age of Spiritual Machines. I, I think everybody should, uh, should read it, but uh, don't take my word for it. So, I, of course, I reread Sick Puppy, but then I was traveling, and I thought to myself, well, Carl Hyacin has a new book out. So I will read this new book of Carl Hyacinth's, which actually has a very similar title to Sick Puppy. It's Bad Monkey. You crazy son of a bitch. <laughs> Is this also Dude, in all Florida? Of his t- all of his books have the same, like, cover art. Yeah, he, <laughs> um, after a certain point, he, uh, he got a, design, a, a certain designer or a certain design studio to do his work, and he has some of the best-looking books on the stands, I he think. He downloaded a clip art program, and ever since, he's just been finding pictures. Oh, so and Microsoft so, Word. So cli- <laughs> uh, clip art of a pirate monkey is... Uh, that's on, dude. That's on everything now. Everything has a pirate and a monkey. Uh, but I, I think I think talking about uh, bad monkeys is probably something that's best saved like towards later in the episode after we've discussed sick puppy. And then I read the book we're going to read next month. Jesus fuck. And we'll talk about that later. You read like a million words per minute. And I got to give a shout out to an amazing comic um, that I think that our, our people with a literary background would like most of all called the Cowboy Wally Show. And it's by Kyle Baker. Uh, Kyle Baker's a guy who's known for his really cartoony style. He did a very prolific run on Plastic Man not too very long ago. Uh, this this book is actually in a style that I, I love. It's like this high contrast cartoon style. It's very different from what he's known for. The entire thing's free online. And uh, and I can't even express to you how brilliant this. This is one of the funniest books of any kind I have ever read, ever, ever. I, uh, Damn. I, 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 reading, reading this book, like, I just kept making, throwing my hands up and making these faces, like, I can't believe how clever this is. It's, it's just fucking amazing. <laughs> uh, the entire thing is free online on his website, and I'll link to where you can find it. I started reading it online, I got sucked in, and about an hour later, I was just like, fuck it, and I bought it on Amazon. Uh, <laughs> I will follow that link, or the link to Amazon through the Nerdy Show website, so as to support the show. Yeah, if you want to buy any of these books that we talk about on the show, well, you should do it through our links on the, this episode's page, because uh, Nerdy Sh- if you're just buying anything from Amazon and you follow a link through Nerdy Show, Nerdy Show gets a percentage of it, so... Amazon affiliate. Anything you would buy from, um, from Amazon that you would normally buy, if you're just buying it, go ahead and buy it through a Nerdy Show link, because it's, you're paying the same amount of money and, and you help out Nerdy Show. I don't think they have sex toys, though. So if you normally buy those, you probably can't I, get I them on Amazon. I bet you could buy a Fleshlight or two on Amazon. You probably could, actually. Never mind. 
And uh, currently I'm in the middle of reading uh, Hex's, Hex's novel, Alan, and also Pete Townsend's book, uh, uh, Pete Townsend's book of sorts, short stories, Horses Neck. Why do I know that name? Yeah, remember Hex guys? Who? Pete Townsend oh, from The Who. Oh, he writes? Yes, he's, he's, very, he's a very good writer. We talked about all the stuff we've read. Or fucked. The government shut down. I don't get paid to read no more. I fucked the middle of a dead man's skull, but you don't have to take my dick for it. Or, or, or <laughs> fucked. Or, or deeply penetrated. Mm. Um, and now we're going to go to a song. Since we talked about him, we may as well play a little bit of Corky and the Juice Pigs. Turns this, out I do know that band a little bit, but not for the song we're going to play. Douche yeah. Pigs. Um, Corky and the Juice Pigs, if you watched Mad TV during the seasons where they were really fucking good, uh, so like two seasons early on. Um, <laughs> Back uh, when Pat Oswalt was still writing, maybe. But, I don't know. But, I haven't but done But research. when they were good, they were so good. Uh, a band called Corky and the Juice Pigs were practically the house band of Mad TV, and they did a number of performances there uh, following the release of their 1994 album, Pants. This is a, uh, a Canadian group. In fact, when Bare Naked Ladies were getting started, they opened for Corky and the Juice Pigs. What? Mm-hmm. That's cool. So uh, they, they've got a lot of memorable tunes. The one Tony knows is a little song called Eskimo, uh, better, better known when mislabeled on Napster as I'm the only gay Eskimo. That, in fact, is how I tracked it down because I think I was searching for a Weird Al song. Yep. Yeah, you and were searching up, for something may, else. May, may I sing a little part of the chorus? Just a bit. I, I, well, that is basically the title that I just read. Well, yeah. The only gay Eskimo. Only gay Eskimo. The only one I know. The only one I know. The only gay Eskimo. I'm gonna sing in Bomba (laughs) Clut. In my tribe. I know this song. Uh, So we're gonna play. uh, We're gonna play a song from Pants called Dolphin Boy. Dolphin Boy. Not how it goes. It's not how it goes. Maybe not, but that's okay. I like Echo the Dolphin. Uh, the uh, the sad news about Corky and the Juice Pigs is that they are long broken up. They were working on a fourth album uh, that was uh, sadly killed by their record label dissolving, and then they scattered <laughs> to the winds. I didn't mean to laugh, but when you said that, I was like, they were working a fourth album that was sadly killed, and I thought you were going to say like by like a car accident <laughs> or a bus killed their album, or no? Yeah. Anyway. If you guys if you guys want to hear some really great comedy rock music kind of pop. Me- 1994's pants is pretty great. Corky and the Goose Pigs. Yeah, any any uh, pertinent Juice Pigs links that I can offer up will be on this episode's page. I don't know that you can actually buy the albums anywhere anymore, but if you can, surely I will link there. Yeah, so, French Cowboys, that's a great song. There's so many, so many great, amazing songs, style parodies, skits, uh, just awesome uh, stuff. Uh, if you can't buy the album, there may be this bay, this bay filled with pirates that may help you. I'm just saying. Yeah. They may help you find the way I'm there not, might I, be I, you know there's all kinds of ways you have a way chances are you you have a way and you will find your own way if you're a green lantern and have the will you got so the way. right now just let dolphin boy find his way into your heart he lived by the sea the dolphin boy and he loved the dolphins that swam so free The dolphin boy He was at one with the ocean The dolphins he loved with devotion And he could not hide his emotion The dolphin boy So he abandoned the land up above The dolphin boy 
boy so he could be with the mammals he loved. The dolphin boy, he was fulfilled in heart and mind. He was at one with all dolphin kind. He knew God's greater design. Yes, the dolphin boy. Then he was hit by a boat. The dolphin boy, he was torn wide open from groin to throat. The dolphin boy, he said to the dolphin, please help me. The dolphin said simply, and they nibbled the pieces as they drifted free. Goodbye to Dolphin Boy. So long to Dolphin Boy. Welcome back to Nerdy Show Book Club. Now we're going to talk about Carl Hyacinth's Sick Puppy. This book was sick. If you want to read this book, well, we're going to talk about this book in full. But you know what? We're going to do it in a fun and entertaining way. It's a good book. Uh, but you shouldn't worry about spoilers. Just go along for the ride. You'll like it. And that you was will. our review. Uh, <laughs> no, that was Brandon's review because that's all he remembers about the book. No, I remember everything. Shut up. I was the one who uh, selected this book. It's one of my favorite books ever. And reading it for this book club was the third or fourth time I've ever read it. Carl Heisen is a fantastic Floridian author. Typically, his books have a kind of like crime or mystery edge to them. And, uh, and he's really funny. Like, that's the most important part. They're he like, has a strong eco kind of um, moral... Yes, sensibility. Message that he throws in there too. I think all of his books. The well, preservation it, of the Floridian swamplands. He works as a journalist in uh, in Miami. He works, he writes for the Miami Herald. So a lot of the the plots that end up making up his books actually derive from shady fucking shit that's happened in Florida because uh, Florida's like the Moss Eisley of America. It really is. Um, he pretty much hates the politicians and land developers here, and for more, he has a good reason. More America's penis, and like a penis, if you don't clean it, it gets a lot of sweaty, disgusting things on it. That's true. I should probably clean my penis. You should. After all the dead skull sex I've been having, <laughs> Colin, <laughs> and will be having, Colin. Anyway, continue with with Colin. Your lock your doors and windows. All right, Colin. Do you feel like Patrick Swayze? No, <laughs> that oh, was no, a correct I answer. Mind Demi Moore. Never mind. <laughs> uh, the the story of Sick Puppy is about Twilly Spree, a young man with an anger management problem who um actually absolutely cannot stand injustices, be they um you know land development or littering. It's, and it's not an anger management problem because a problem implies that he doesn't know how to manage it, and he does. He absolutely does. It's not problem with his anger. He's a very has very unconventional methods of uh, presenting an argument to someone or starting a discussion with someone. Even setting putting a bomb in a bank is not necessarily an unhealthy way of doing things if you know what you're doing along the way. Right. No one was killed. No one was injured. No one was even there. It was Sunday. There you go. Uh, he, he reminds me a lot of of uh, of Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> if Brandon had money, Brandon would be like Twilly. If Brandon had money and a stronger sense of conscience, he might have he might be Twilly. 
I have a strong sense of justice on things that I care about. But like, I just don't like care was, that much about things. Like you were saying, Twilly feels very protective of the Florida environment. So when he sees a, a litter bug driving down, was it I-4? Was it I-4 that he was driving along? It was the turnpike. It was the Florida turnpike. turnpike. He's like a right young Carl Hyacin. The Ronald Reagan turnpike. He, yes. he, he sees it, was right after, it was right after the University of Florida, which is the... The pit of hell. I think Gainesville Mordor. Gainesville's a very nice town, but the bros of Gainesville are not very nice people. You did not have to drive up to Gainesville at three in the morning so that your best friend could, uh, or one of your best friends could, could, could uh, see his girlfriend. That's a very specific. <laughs> that's a very specific thing that happened to you, and I understand. And uh, your pushover. <laughs> hey man, please. we went and we we watched we watched the meteor shower. Oh, I remember that. I wasn't with you. It was weird and awkward because we went to the, picked up his, we drove at two in the morning and picked up his girlfriend at University of Florida. And then we drove out into the middle of nowhere in Gainesville. Then we all laid on the hood of the car. I don't remember any of this happening in the book. It was awkward and weird because I was by myself. You didn't didn't feel like a third wheel. Yeah. And and it wasn't weird when you were masturbating outside the the car. Yeah, we were watching the meteor shower, and then we heard a crunch in the forest. And it was skunk ape. Yeah, well, we were like, animals don't really break twigs, do they? (laughs) (laughs) And, oh, man. (laughs) And that's when we got into the car and sped. (laughs) Wow. We were out in the middle of, like, you know, deliverance, like, squeal, piggy, squeal. I'm just... Animals don't really break twigs, do they? Like these animals are out there going, no, 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 children. Watch, really, your, watch your paws. I really wish I was a part of this story. <laughs> you really don't. Right, you, we, you see, we were a part of Sick Puppy because we all read it. <laughs> right, right. So back so, to Sick Puppy. Um, <clears throat> uh, Sick Puppy is a story of Twilly on a, a vengeance mission with a total fuckwit, a total turd fondler, uh, a lobbyist named Palmer Stoat. Though it's, it's not vengeance, it's education. Yeah, he, he wants to he wants to teach him a lesson, a simple lesson about littering that he just he just can't get, which turns into dog napping, which turns into wife napping, which turns into not not wife napping as kid, napping on the wife, but, but you know, like kidnapping. But in fact, a little bit of napping on the wife. Yeah, a little bit, yeah, a little especially bit. the nape of her neck. Oh. Um, so he napped on the nape. He's a, he na- he's a nape napper. He's a nape um, napper. But don't take my word for it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so it's a crazy story, a massive cast of characters. It's a book that, much like Wrinkle in Time, I totally want to see as a film, though it works it's a very a, different context. While this is my first Carl Hyacin book that I've read. It reminded me of the movie Big Trouble and some of the work that Dave Barry's done. Uh, he and Dave Barry are very similar authors. I say that not having read Dave Barry, but having been told many times that Dave Barry is very similar. <laughs> well, Dave Barry is another Florida-based columnist for i think it might have even been the miami herald i could be completely They're probably wrong. fishing buddies they, you never know but don't take my word for it really over we're overcompensating now <laughs> but you just don't like take my palmer, word for it uh, uh, palmer stowe is another kind of uh, he, he's he's a lobbyist which i learned a lot about what lobbyists are in this book i had learned about them before but now i know how much i should hate them it's very nice of, of carl hyacin to have given me this education i feel like the politics that were portrayed in this book were very accurate to a lot of politics in the country yeah 
especially sure. right now because the government shut down and I can't <laughs> we can't get paid for me reading but anyway there, there's yeah there's a lot of double dealing there's a lot of like negotiations and a lot of uh favors, interest. agreements like, that happen on golf courses of you know, millions i'll take of you hunting for yeah, an endangered species name on buildings yeah they hunt endangered species and you know and trade for favors and such and things like yeah. that and there's no doubt i mean like based on carl heisen's background of course everything's sort of blown uh blown up to this like this insane uh, magnitude everything everything that he writes is crazy but it's all based on some real stuff that's in many ways just as crazy as what ends up on paper i mean let's face it it, it elevates from hey that guy littered on the highway let me follow him in my car to like to people dying people dying and rhinos killing people yeah that was <laughs> weird that was some deus ex rhino horn some people i know don't really enjoy the writing style of carl hyacin uh, oh, it's so wonderful, though. It, it, he's, but he's, those are politicians and lobbyists, so it's okay. <laughs> well, it's it's because it um it, it intentionally withholds information from you, so that it can tell you it can tell you what's happening plainly in front of all the characters in the funniest way possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, or it's just it basically it withholds information, uh, so it can reveal something to you. And the entire book is is it presenting the scene in a humorous way. It has a very active authorial voice that is not tied to any one of the characters. It's, yes. it's heavily it's, narrated. And these aren't lovable characters. Like, even the way he writes, even the main character, you kind of... I didn't want to cheer him on half the time or like him that much. I was just like, he's just a fucking crazy fuck-up kid. And I, I liked him, but I, I didn't love the cast of characters. I just thought they were all kind of douchebags. And Daisy yeah, well, was kind of nice. She well, No, she's still a douchebag for all she's done and the person she stayed with and all that. Yeah, before we talk about, I mean, the characters and stuff, I mean, broad strokes in terms of what, like, what this story is about is, is essentially... These politicians who are trying to destroy this island, Toad Island, to create a resort. I, I believe and they prefer it called Shearwater, Shearwater Island. Fuck them, Toad Island. What? <laughs> what? There's bounty hunters, there's all kinds of dirty dealing, and an incredible character named, uh, named Skink. Who's oh, a, God, I love him. Who apparently uh, he's in a few of his books. Yeah, every other book Carl Hyacin publishes uh, features an appearance by Skink. Perhaps former mo- governor. A former governor of Florida. One eye. Uh, yeah. Bald, uh, uh, braided beard with uh, buzzard beaks. Yeah, buzzard beaks braided into them. Yeah, he uh, sometimes wears a shower cap. Yep. Um, and uh, kind of like he likes, to, he likes to fuck the ladies, too. Oh, he loves oh, the he ladies. Does. He loves them. Well, his name is Clinton, isn't it? Uh, Clinton Tyree. Yeah. There you go. He loves, he loves <laughs> the ladies. And he was the former mayor, was it? Governor. 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 And, and you know, it's funny because the way that it's described, he actually, the image in my mind was actually George Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> he is like a white George Clinton. <laughs> I can, I can a white that. environmentalist George Clinton, George Clinton listens to the show and he's going to come down on you like a storm. Hey, oh, well, come on. Like, like a funky like, you know, storm. Buzzards in the beard and like, you know, the dread, <laughs> like he just, you know, I figured uh, George Clinton. <laughs> now, what, what was fun for me about that character, he, he's, when he's introduced, he's too clever by half. The second he's introduced in that book, you know that there is nobody who's going to get the better of him. Yeah, you kind of get that feel like, oh, he's kind of perfect. Like, he, he knows everything and he's not going to screw up. He might not be going for the right reasons. He might be going after the wrong person. But but he was also introduced in other books. So I don't really know his background, but they, they do describe I, it a bit. But in Sick Puppy, he's like, oh, look. I kidnapped this bunch of Japanese business tourist people and I set them on their way and they're not going to mess around again. Come, eat some of this food that I found. I like that Mr. Part. Person. By the side of the road was By where the, I found the food. Yeah, absolutely. It was the most pleasant looking of the road kills that I could have selected. Had a lot of meat. 
and that's we'll what he sounds that. like too i imagine <laughs> there's a, there's a list on wikipedia of all the uh this the books in the, the skink series but it's not it's not a formal series it's mostly i guess a character that hyacinth really likes to revisit i think he's m- best known for his appearance in uh the book stormy weather which was based a lot on all the crazy shit that happened after hurricane andrew in the mid 90s i feel that the, of all the ones i've read with him in it and it hasn't been many i haven't read all every carl hyacin book slack and uh sick puppy is my favorite of the appearances of him so there isn't one book that's just about him he just appears in these books not that i know of yeah he's he's i mean, I mean as tony said he seems like an infallible character i believe that he's he's a force of nature yeah he, he's a he's a tool within the story. The story seldom about him, but I don't know that for sure. I, like I said, I haven't read them all. I could be wrong. You know, don't take my word for it. After all, but yeah, I mean, it's and the cat. I, it is. It's worth mentioning because you brought up Cap a little bit that it's a it's a huge cast of characters in this film in this book, and it lends it it would lends itself very well to being an ensemble type film. And each of these characters has a really weird kink. There's there's Twilly with the the nape of the neck thing. Mm-hmm. There's Palmer Stoat and his his need to to take shitty photography. Oh, and then there's the guy with the pros- or the uh, with plastic the bar- surgery no, with the twins. Barbie obsession. Yeah. With the Barbie obsession where he he actually imports a couple of girls and is going to pay an exorbitant amount of money to make them Barbie twins. Yeah, there's this character. I what was his name, Cap? The um Robert Clapley. Yeah, and he Throughout the book, he is trying to basically buy plastic surgery for these two girls who he has made into like twins and trying to make them both look exactly like Barbie dolls, like massive boobs and skinny waist. And it like gets grotesque to the point and they all get hooked on drugs and like rhino horn (laughs) and shit gets crazy. They get hooked on rhino horn because they treat it like cocaine. And he carries around a Barbie doll in his pocket, which is one of his secrets. And it's just with accessories. Yes, with accessories. (laughs) He's got to brush that hair. You got a Barbie. I got to brush that hair, dude. And then she needs a mirror to see how good she's looking. I mean, it's weird enough that because he's involved in Shearwater, he's one of the main financial backers. But the way he got his money is he was part of the Colombian drug trade, like big time, big time Colombian drug dealer. You know, he's sitting there trying to get Palmer Stoll to step right. I don't believe that uh, Clapley, based on his name, Robert Clapley, was actually (laughs) a Colombian. Colombian. You never know. (laughs) I'm pretty sure he didn't sound like that. You know what? Someday a Colombian drug dealer is going to get a hold of you, Tony. I only have so many voices in my repertoire, Brandon. <laughs> Picture him as this kind of this badass, and when when the bodies start to mount, it is under Clapley's orders first and foremost, because that's how he deals with it. He's like, you know what? This needs to go away. We're gonna we're gonna. He does hire a hitman. He does one and of his friends, M- Mr. Gash, and I like him. And then they here's the thing: they described what he looks like, and with it's frosted very tips. I thought of I thought one person came to mind and I hope he never hears this. It is um Oh Billy Maines. Yes, the exact description was like Billy Maines. Yeah, he you know what? He is yeah. like tall, pale, spiky hair. It's like the exact description of an uh, and like all this stuff and I was just like like bleached hair and like the suit. And I feel bad for saying it cuz I like the guy. But he's never going to hear this. Yeah, I'd say that the Mr. Gash is a more ripped Billy Maines. Also maybe a little bit the guy from Prodigy. And once again, mm. a weird kink where he, he gets swing. off on, well, there's the sex swing, but also listening to 911 recordings and of can, people dying. That's true. And he can only get off to like three or more girls now. And, and two or one doesn't do it. And he syncs the, the recordings with classical music. He, 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 gets, he gets the illicit tapes 
and then he mixes them himself so that they're the the optimal listening quality. <laughs> so throughout the book, yeah. there are these short excerpts of him listening to nine one one calls. So yeah, I mean, he, like he prides this... himself on the more uh, rare of the nine one one calls, like the more bootleg and like that you can't them. find them on the internet. Like the more gruesome, the better. And I just I do have to point out, and we we've addressed the fact that there are going to be spoilers in this. Yes. 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 The way that Mister Gash goes out, and the fact that he winds up being on a nine one one tape gurgling on his own blood about to I mean, get we all saw me. that coming i mean that come was, on it was, i didn't see it coming it, I, it made sense when it happened though it was fucking the second that things started going that way it was like oh this is about to happen and it was perfect it, it was marvelous I, I did like that part and it, there was something weird about the book and i don't know if anyone else uh picked up on it and it was it was a little it was a contrast to the main character twilly is basically he's going against these forces that have tons of money they can do whatever they want and get away mm-hmm. with whatever they want but I thought it was kind of ironic, if that's even the right word, that Twilly himself could only fight back because he had so much money. Well, I, I found, and I don't know if the author, if he, if he did that purposely or if there's just, because, you know, it's like, oh, the cops are, you know, the, there's something with the cops. I'm just going to get rid of my car, buy a new one in cash, done, you know, things like that. I think it was a convenience for the story to be fun, but there is a lot of inconsistencies with that. For example, because it I really mean, just shows we you all, need tons we all of know money. that Florida does not have a good public transit system it's no. it takes hours and like it takes eight hours to get from the bottom to the top and they go from the bottom to the top an awful lot and that's not even including the keys and so twilly has to drive everywhere and as you said he's trading cars out all the time he, he's driving a station wagon most of the time he's he is very environmentally concerned but the dude is consuming fuel like crazy yeah, and it, he, he said like he, he just buys the it, biggest if, if he, suv and talks right, about it like it, it's great right exactly so this is i don't know what carl I, carl heisen obviously cares about a lot of environmental things but maybe back when the book was written in like in 1999 i don't know if environmental concerns were different or whatever but i mean the fact is if you're rich you would have rigged up some kind of a biodiesel car or something i don't know it's not this is these are not the acts of a concerned environmental citizen it, i think it, the i mean if i'm remembering correctly 99 wasn't we hadn't quite hit the fever pitch of oh god cars are killing sure everything. but that's that's the common populace twilly's you know he lives in the everglades on occasion he's more than well aware of the consequences of and in, in, in all the environmental causes and everything it, uh, is, it is kind of a weird i mean yeah yeah and, and i in a lot of in a lot of places carl heisen's authorial voice is really 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 funny but sometimes mm-hmm. he also betrays himself and doesn't write characters accurately, and instead it assumes a kind of old man voice. That's why I didn't like Twilly as much, because I thought he was a contradiction. He stood for all these things, and he was fighting against them, but he was also doing the very thing they were by corrupting people and himself by using these massive amounts of money and then buying like SUVs to drive everywhere. I will, and, I will yeah. say, as somebody who suffers from old, old man voice, I, I really identified with Twilly. I, I have old man voice. <laughs> Well, you know, like like uh, as an example, uh, Desi talks about how her previous boyfriend before Palmer Stote, he got really into body modification, and that yep. entire thing reads like uh, an older an older person's <laughs> like view a on body old modification. Man writing about and ta- it. talking about the uh, the like the pier- the genital piercing setting off um, alarms at airports, which is that doesn't happen. Like uh, piercing grade steel, that doesn't. That's not how that works. I don't know how you know that, but it's probably true because. You don't see it go off when you're waiting, and you know you're like Jack's that got dude, that Prince Albert. Yeah, man. you're like that dude's got a Prince Albert, but he just walked through that shit like it was no big deal. Yeah, well, that's that, right. could, that could be one of those conveniences that pops up in a lot of entertainment, like the fact that a gunshot can't actually ignite anything. Right. But people do that all the time because there's it's a shorthand. It's it's funny. It's entertaining. 
So I just thought you had to slide your penis in a lead sheath when you walk through the airport with a Prince Albert <laughs> or whatever the equivalent of the female one is. Uh, Prince Albertina. Princess, or that, Princess Albertina. The crosshatch one that's over your anus so when you poop it comes out like Play-Doh. I don't know what that one's called. That's called the Brandon Special. <laughs> <laughs> Someone ordered the Brandon Special? <laughs> Uh, is that what it sounds like when you poop <laughs> no that was me no. installing it home installation oh. asshole what do you have a threaded asshole where yes. you can use a drill just like <laughs> now that I think about it drill is probably not the best method for attaching anything know, to an anus to the an Brandon anus. special Th- this book does play up to a lot of my, my personal interest an awful lot like for starters like a lot of it's set in my hometown of Fort Lauderdale so that's cool uh, Carl Heisen I mean he's a big fan of the work of John D. McDonald which we talked about in the first uh, book club episode ever in speaking fact, of john d mcdonald yes john d mcdonald was mentioned in the, the first, first episode, episode of agents of, of shield. Agents, agents of shield yep the life model decoy po- posing as agent colson said that he uh <laughs> he was fed memories of reading travis mcgee novels in tahiti it's a wonderful place so it hasn't been confirmed that it's a life model decoy yet um just just it, it could be confirmed by the time people hear this so i heard that show is could. meh it is uh it is kind of bland actually uh, I, 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 I fell asleep during an action sequence yeah. in the last episode so if that's any good job <laughs> um dollhouse sucks I, literally that happened it's very similar to dollhouse it is better than dollhouse but i'm tony's making this i'm sorry tony no, it's okay <laughs> it's okay i i Why does he just keep making firefly well i just i just watched the second episode today and it was it was it was okay i like the characters the dialogue is still punchy there's the joss moments and that was our he's going around the, he's going around the room and he's like oh yeah you know you're you you speak you speak six languages you do, <laughs> you speak six languages <laughs> i don't you? even speak one uh you know you have phds in fields i can't pronounce you're a little rocket scientist figure it out and he's walking away and she, the person he didn't talk about is like i'm good at stuff too it doesn't sound very good no it's... back to the book and uh <laughs> desirita worked at sam goody i worked at sam goody oh my god you <laughs> can, like, I you oh my god we're <laughs> twins <laughs> <laughs> no those those were the russian ladies no, Des Desi worked at same. No, Goody. I understand, but the Russian ladies were twins. Oh, they were twins. Yes, they were. Ge- they were becoming twins. We Robert. want more horn, Bobby. They we need twins. more horn, and, th- and then we will stop shooting this porno. I, and, I would, Desi was uh, Palmer Stokes' wife. Well, when, she gets kidnapped and has that Stockholm syndrome. I don't know if it's Stockholm syndrome or he Helsinki syndrome, <laughs> <laughs> where you start thinking about fish. <laughs> The Reykjavik a- syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> the Nibelheim syndrome, where you wake up as a Mako-infused person named Cloud. The anyway. literally in Iceland syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally in Iceland right now, but don't take my word for it. So, uh, you guys, we got a couple comments. Not, not a lot of comments about this book from, uh, from the fan base, unfortunately. I hope you guys are excited to read it now. I, I think it's a lot of fun. Well, here's the thing. There's no dragons. There's no magic. I know. There's no pictures. So I was really, I didn't want to read it. And then I, I read it and I liked it. So that's why you got your check this month from the government. Yeah. Uh, not oh, next did, month though. But right. Yeah. I will. But uh, yeah, no dragons. And I still liked it. I will say this for the book though. It did feel, and it's funny, Colin, that, you know, you, you made mention in the video game episode we did kind of like what happens in GTA five where everything just sort of happens. I feel like things in this book just sort of happen. It started to build and then it, it built to a really good fever pitch and then just kind of leveled until the book ended. Yeah, kind, feel kind like of. I, I'm not. There was a, not a I'm, climax at the ending. I'm not a big fan of the ending of the book. It's it's almost when when the rhino thing happens and and 
Twilly and um, the rhino thing is where they go to a there's a like a an African a, a quote unquote African savanna that's in the middle of Florida where they're importing all of these old and decrepit and sick uh, animals for rich people to come in and shoot so they can have the head of a jaguar up on their wall even though the jaguar was like dying of cancer or like and pretend that they have a massive piece shot it yeah yeah. So that's that's where the rhino comes into play. Big rhino hunt and it's been building for a while and Twilly and Skink go out there to maybe hunt the hunters and uh it just feel it feels more it gets um, weird and it we it, it feels it, more meditative than it is actually like a conclusion or anything. Most of the resolution happened pages earlier. Yeah. They tried to do this thing where the rhino basically like ironically who's decrepit and dying and laying there gets up and ends up killing like half of them. Which, it feels like it's kind of an easy way out, because then you don't have to have Twilly kill anybody, because while there is somebody that he did murder, it never felt like it was a, a willful act that he was taking a gun and taking a life. Everything kind of wrapped up nicely somehow. Yeah, and not, not a huge fan of the ending. Definitely not a huge fan of the But it's ending. not bad. No, it's it's still it's still good. It's and a the, good ride. The resolution read up to the ending and continue the if 80s, you like it. The eighties montage that closes out the book, letting you know where everybody wound up, was enjoyable. I was <laughs> listening to that song from the Breakfast Club Don't as it was you. going. Yeah, am I the only one? <laughs> no, no, it, 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 the, the montage did suit itself very nicely to uh, Don't You Forget About Me. So, as far as listeners, Gary Yer said, I I read it about a week after the last book club. Uh, so it's been a while for him. Um, it was pretty good. It isn't quite my style of books. It reminds me of when I tried out Janet Ivanovich's One for the Money. It was overall enjoyable, but I probably won't be looking for any more books from that author. As a California boy, it was interesting to see Florida's political uh, complaints and issues, albeit in satire form. I just didn't sympathize with any of the characters. There was nobody I could actually latch onto and identify with. Oh, that's it's satire. That's the word I was looking for. That's what this book is. Okay, thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that word. I learned a new yeah. word. I, I understand the character identification thing. It's weird. Some people, it just it's still like different strokes for different folks. Like I know uh, Rules of Attraction, both the novel and the film by Brett Easton Ellis. The cast is filled with horrible people. There's nobody who's like, you like them, but it's like mostly like if you have the temperament to watch a train wreck happen, then you'll probably enjoy it. But if you actually need to connect with one of them directly, you're not likely to enjoy it very much at all. I, w- I would say there is one legitimately relatable and good character. And the that puppy? Is the bodyguard who goes, well, the puppy, yes, which this, anytime you go into the dog's point of view is fucking weird and awesome. But the bodyguard who goes and tracks down Skink. Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah, the, the highway patrol guy. Actually, yeah, that was the, now that I remember him, he's the one character who's like, he's probably the only one doing the right thing. He's cool. I like he's, him. He's just, he's legit. He's. And he was one day away from retirement. <laughs> <laughs> and he made One it day. too he made it everybody it's okay he made it he didn't have danny glover syndrome uh cassie muldrow said read it a while ago as well i really enjoyed it it was a quick read and quite funny twilly is the most lovable eco-terrorist i've ever read about that's Go- fair <laughs> he is the most lovable eco- eco-terrorist i've ever read about yes yeah I-, I agree i agree uh going to greater and greater lengths to try to achieve his desires against people who can't even see what his problem is there are so many colorful characters which is my favorite thing about the book from the self-kidnapping wife to the ex-governor living in the wilderness, the guy with the creepy Barbie fetish, and my favorite, Mr. Gash. It was truly chilling to imagine him listening to horrible police calls over classical music while driving to commit dastardly deeds. I thought his ending was quite poetic in its justice. I laughed out loud on several occasions. Another fun recommendation. Thanks, guys. See, now we have two completely uh, opposite and contrasting comments. One really didn't like any of the characters and one loved the characters. Well, you can, you can love these characters without liking any of them, let's be fair. 
That's because it, it was a lot of fun to read about Palmer Stoat. But you didn't like no, him. not even a little bit. I didn't like a, the main character. It was fun to read about him. I, don't know. Yeah. I was like, whatever. I don't like him. I want to find out what happens to this guy. Yeah, Colin, how do you feel about the book? I liked it overall. I don't say. I, I mean, honestly, that would, that's essentially my how I feel about it. I I'm, I'm kind of. It was good. I liked it, but it wasn't like, oh my god, the best book ever. But I, I enjoyed reading it. Were there I mean, parts there were that you couldn't put down? Like, okay, and other times where I was like, yes, but not like yes, yes, yes. It never, you know, tipped the scales in one way or the other. I was kind of just neutral as I was reading it, but in a positive way. It's a realistic depiction of life in Florida. And we all live here. That is true. For all of its insanity, it is surprisingly realistic. And we've lived here most of our lives. Well, you all of your life. Me, most of it. My family's been here for well over a century. So. I've only been here for five years, and I still got every reference. (laughs) Yeah. And you will if you are in here for, in Florida for a certain amount of time. In, in theory, an outsider should do fine. You learn to loathe it. I think Florida's great, um, but it, it really, the, the, the conflicts happening in Sick Puppy represent directly the pr- conflicts ongoing in Florida for decades yeah, now. And still will and, be going on. Yeah. Major versus Carl Hyacinth's Florida is great. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just say that. The, the Florida we're fighting for is, um, well, we're fighting for it, so. But maybe we're not fighting as hard as we should. No, maybe we should. Because this book, I think, teaches us that Using force and violence and bombs and guns, you can get shit done. So long as you've got the money to back so it up. So long as you got the money to bail your ass out, you're the, fine. There's a part of me that wouldn't mind doing what Twilly does. Yeah. Hopefully I do a better job of it. <laughs> Nerdy show money. Let's do it. You and me. I'm on board. Fuck it. Fuck, <laughs> fuck this place. Burn this shit. I'm going to be called. this was the last book club episode anybody I'm going to be heard. called the flame man and I'm going to burn things down. That's the best you can do. Uh, the flame. No. That's bad. That's not <laughs> fire, dude. That's your brand of <laughs> Supreme fire guy. Flint and steel. Spicy taco think, fireman. No, I think you'd be flaming anus. <laughs> uh, no, that's anybody but, after Chipotle, Colin. That's anybody no. after Chipotle. The, the flaming prolapse. <laughs> so, prolapse. final final thoughts on the book. Fire anybody? prolapse. Prolapse volcano. That's you, dude. <laughs> I am the prolapsed volcano. <laughs> Who either enjoy? You'd recommend this book, yes? Yes. Good. <laughs> no, I like I like the book a lot. People should read it because I I don't read shit like this ever. Because like I said, there's no there's no fantasy in it, really. Yeah, I'm, I know it's not a very nerdy nerdy show book, but, but that's my but fault. I, I sided with one of my favorite books. But I couldn't time. I I couldn't put it down, and I you know me, it's hard to get me hooked on anything besides drugs. But when I was reading it, it I couldn't stop reading it till I was done. That's why I finished fucking forever ago. <laughs> <laughs> but it was great. I liked it. It is, it is a quick and engaging, fun read. If you like uh, a crime drama that doesn't take itself very seriously, so it isn't really dramatic, it's, it's overdramatic. It's, it's a stage show because everything is, is pushed to its, its utmost. No, it's, it's just fun. It's a good tone to have. It deals with some very serious issues, and it deals with them in a silly, satirical way. But don't take it seriously. It's just a fun book. Yeah. You should read it. And don't take our word for it. Hey! It's not as good as Highlander 2, the book, but it's pretty up there. Find that book for me. (laughs) By Carl Highlander. And I I will deface it. (laughs) One thing about the book that I truly enjoyed was that it felt... I I really felt like I was back home. Like, I felt... it. I could feel the humidity. Aw, you miss Florida. Which don't is, worry, your, your skin will be back here quite shortly, I promise you. And yes, fu- it will be down for Nerdapalooza. <laughs> I think he, he wasn't just talking about nerdy, he was talking about the you skinning yourself. Anus pillow, guys, keep up with me. 
but it's it's funny. I'd like that to you point mentioned- out that the anus pillow discussion that you guys are referring to happened in an outtake. Which you can get if you Aww. if you support Nerdy Show. They cut were, out all my funniest bits, guys. We were not even supposed to be recording when that happened. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Colin, tell us about how you miss Florida now. I miss you, Brandon. Tell us about how you made the wrong choice to leave your motherland to go live in a place that your wife wanted you to live, and that then seasons you took her and side. Actually, have a real job. Yes, nobody has Hold a real a job minute. here. You mean there there are seasons outside of Florida? Yeah, we've got seasons fifty two. You got fifty two seasons, bitch. No, no, exactly. It's, it's good no, we ha- we have hot and more hot here in Florida. I don't know what other seasons. Hey, you're hey, Tony, about. winter's coming. No, it's not. Winter's coming in other places. Yeah, right. There are states that have a winter. We get winter for a day in Florida. Who's winter? Huh? huh? <laughs> <laughs> Anyone who doesn't live here, you should know. We get winter for like one week, and then it goes back up to ninety. Whoever winter is, she's a whore because she's coming a lot. Yeah. <laughs> And for a lot of different guys, bundle up, wear protection, is what I'm saying. And if you like, if you like a book, <laughs> I like your Thundercats. Thanks. If you like a book with a very dry sense of humor, then Highlander too. No. Sick Puppy is right up your alley. And if you like good things, stay the fuck away from Highlander too. I don't think it even exists as a book, but someone always does novelizations of movies, right? So it's got to be out there. Most likely, yeah, most likely. If you find a copy, uh, email info at nerdyshow.com and we'll give you a mailing address. And then we can, you, we'll film it as we set it on fire. We will read an excerpt from it. On and the next, set it on fire. Set it on fire. <laughs> and we'll film that and I'll do it. And I'll poop on it and we'll flaming, flaming poop. All right, it's high time we read an excerpt from Sick Puppy. You all knew it was coming. Uh, and then you're going to be coming soon too. Um, Especially you. Like winter. <laughs> all right, so set the scene. Where are we? How could we do anything but one of the... Amazing sequences involving one of Mr. Gash's cassette tapes. All night he waited in vain for the Buick station wagon. He was parked in a grove of pines not far from Miss Stinson's bed and breakfast. Playing over and over in the tape deck was one of his most prized 911s. A private bootleg not for sale anywhere at any price, not even on the internet. Mr. Gash had learned of the recording one afternoon while hanging in his custom iguana skin sex harness from the rafters of his air-conditioned South Beach apartment. One of the three women in bed below him fortuitously turned out to be a police dispatcher trainee from Winnipeg, Canada, who had a friend who had a friend who worked fire rescue in Duluth, Minnesota, where the bizarre incident was rumored to have occurred. For $300, Mr. Gash had procured the tape recording, raw and unedited. He set the conversation of Mozart's Alteratory in D minor, Misericordius Domini. I've got an emergency! Go ahead. My wife thinks I'm in Eau Claire! Sir? From 18,000 feet over Duluth and driving like a fucking stone! Sir, this is Duluth Fire Rescue. Fuck. Please state your Fuck. emergency. Okay, here's my emergency! I'm on an airplane that's about to fucking crash! We lost an engine, uh, maybe both engines. Whoa, Jesus! And we're coming down, and my wife, my wife thinks I'm in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. You're on a plane? Yes, yes, and I'm calling from a cellular. Oh, Jesus Christ, oh, fuck my God. And you're in Duluth? No, no, not yet, but I'm getting closer every fucking second. Oh, God, oh, God, we're rolling! Hold on, sir, hold on. Please, please, you gotta call my wife. Tell her, tell her the company sent me upstate, uh, the last minute! Tell her, I don't know, I don't make something up, I don't give a shit, anything! Sir, I'm, uh, sir, did your pilot have a heart attack? 
no, no, I'd like to talk to him, but he's kind of busy right now, trying to pull us out of this nosedive. Whoa, whoa, Mother Mary, whoa! Oh, what type of aircraft? Can you give me a flight number? I don't, I don't know. Fuck, oh God, it's so, so dizzy. So dizzy, Jesus. Uh, I think it's, I think it's the, uh, uh Cornfields. Uh, my wife's name is Miriam, okay? Okay, you got that, Miriam? Phone number is, uh, area, uh, area code. Cornfields? Anything else? Can you, uh, see the loop yet? <laughs> Sir? I needed a location or I can't assign units. You know what? You know what? It's way too late for units, mister. Oh, you just, uh, well, Jesus, you tell me to look for the giant smoking hole in the ground. That'll be us. Oh, fuck me. Fuck me! Sir, I have to put you on hold, but don't hang up. Sir? You there? Mr. Gash was tantalized by the call. The idea that a cheating husband aboard a crashing airplane would find the composure to dial 911 just to cover his doomed ass. What admirable futility! What charming desperation! A dozen times he replayed the tape. Everything was on there. 18,000 feet of gut-heaving panic. Everything was there but the fatal impact and explosion. Too late for units. Man, thought Mr. Gash. Was that poor bastard ever right? All right, now we're going to cut to a track. This is a little song inspired by a Carl Hyacin novel. He was good friends with old Warren Zevon. You know, the guy who wrote Werewolves in London? This is a song based on the Carl Hyacin novel Basket Case, and it's called Basket Case, written by Carl Hyacin and Warren Zevon and performed by Warren Zevon.
Welcome back. So, uh, like I said, I read Carl Heisen's latest book, Bad Monkey, and uh, and it was actually pretty great. Uh, yeah, I suppose at parts he still kind of suffered from the the old man voice a little bit, just on occasion. But uh, Carl, I love you. I love you. <laughs> I love you to death. I love you to death. I don't mean that in a condescending way. It's just sometimes it doesn't sync up. Uh, You're an old man sometimes, Carl. It's okay. But it was it was a it was a really fun book. It's set predominantly in Key West and uh, the Bahamas. Oh, he hates the Key West or what it's become. He said that Hem- that you know, like there's like this Hemingway Bridge or whatever. Uh huh. He said that if Hemingway were alive today, he'd get a flamethrower and burn everything fucking down. He if, said that. I'd say if Hemingway were alive today, he'd probably take a shotgun to himself again. He's like 50, <laughs> 50 t-shirt shops on that highway. Get real. <laughs> Quoted from Carl Heisen. Anyhow, it's about a police detective who gets demoted to a restaurant inspector and undergoes a lot of hellish circumstances involving the gross things that happen in kitchens. Yeah, there's some probably true grotesque stuff that happens. Uh, lots of stuff with condoms and fish hooks and all kinds of animal feces. Uh, anyway, he gets involved in a situation with a hand, a hand that's caught while people are while uh, some tourists are fishing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the hand gets identified and uh, a woman comes forward and she finds out it's her it's her husband's hand and she'd been out of the country and uh, his boat sank and I guess he got killed, uh, except that nothing is what it seems. It's it's a setup by her and a mysterious new boyfriend who uh, runs around in an orange poncho and, and kills a couple people who know too much. And it, it's a really it's got a really cool cast of characters. And in fact, it may be a more accessible Hyacinth book than Sick Puppy. It uh, It's not. I, I still like sick puppy still has a very special place in my heart, but this has sort of a enough of a, a lush locale and a, and a it's actually here's a good comparison. It's very Fletch like the main character Yancey. He's like a Floridian uh, police detective Fletch. He, he even puts on some fake identity sometimes. And I'm not talking about Chevy Chase's Fletch. I'm talking about Gregory McDonald's Fletch, the Fletch from the novels, which is uh, actually there, there was a time where I was deciding between what we were going to read and did consider uh, a Fletch book because uh, and it could happen someday because Fletch Fletch is some of the funniest uh, written stuff uh, in, in novel form. In fact, Kevin Smith learned how to write comedy from Fletch, which I, I would say would be a uh, it, that that could be a pro and a con thing, except that honestly, I don't know. Um, I don't think it worked too well for it, him. Well, I, I think is I don't see it. I don't see Gregory McDonald's writing in Kevin Smith's writing in the least. Uh, Gregory McDonald's way way more clever than he is. Um, <laughs> it's true though, definitely true. I, I I think Kevin Smith's funny, but it's not because he's clever. Though I suppose you could argue that he's clever in being able to tap into whatever cultural zeitgeist powers his movies. Sure, that's true. The dialogue itself is scat, but the conversations that lead to the dialogue. How similar is this book to the last one? Well, I didn't read the last last. I'm one. sorry. How similar is this book to Sick Puppy? Um, it's it's actually it's, they both have animals on the cover, right? There is there's an animal. It's a uh, the animal in question is a monkey who was briefly one of the monkeys from uh, one of the the, the on camera featured monkeys from Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, who is ex- <laughs> He's actually, yes, okay. a, who was extremely disobedient and uh, ended up. Tr- traded in a poker game to a bahamian his hair started the uh, the monkey's hair started falling out so he's this patchy pink thing wearing a diaper uh, a voodoo woman called the dragon lady gets attached to him and uh like like really really likes him and it's she, not she, the mobu no she's not 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 the mobu from weekend at bernie's uh, <laughs> uh but very she's a very similar character uh, sorry dragon queen she's a dragon queen and she she calls him her pink boy she's like she she's convinced that he's a, a tiny pink child Mm. <laughs> an ugly tiny pink child anyway it's it's really cool it's a, just a, a very action-packed very funny 
uh, story that has a, a extremely different locale from um, from Sick Puppy. It's a lot more focused in that respect. So on a scale of one to ten, how similar is this book to the movie Captain Ron? I've actually never <laughs> seen Captain Ron. What? No, Captain what? Ron's great, dude. I've seen the dream sequence from Captain Ron. <laughs> Captain Ron. Well, Damn. Sorry, Damn, Captain Ron. Anyway, I, I'd highly recommend uh, Bad Monkey. If you didn't like Sick Puppy um, but thought it had potential, then maybe this would actually be the one you want. I don't know. It, it's like I said, it's a bit more focused. I've read all the Fletch books. I have read all of Gregory McDonald's Fletch books, and unfortunately, he's he's dead by a number of years. Uh, and this was really satisfying for me to read a character that was so much in the vein of Fletch at his best. So that, that was actually kind of really exciting. Just you, you, you like a lot of McDonald's. I know. Isn't that weird? I do have to, there, there was a shirt that I had seen recently worn by an author that's been discussed on the book club before that I have to bring up, and it reads, Tolkien's dead, Rowling said no, Philip Pullman's not available, hi, I'm Terry Pratchett. What? What does that mean? Terry Pratchett was wearing this shirt. Oh. <laughs> at a convention that said, Tolkien is dead, Yeah. J.K. Rowling said no, Philip Pullman wasn't available, hi, I'm Terry Pratchett. I like that. Now that I get the context of it, I really like Terry it. Terry Pratchett knows a very witty screen printer. Pratchett's still alive? Yeah, Pratchett's still alive and he's still writing Discworld books. Because Discworld is still fucking phenomenal. Can we read a Discworld book next? Uh, well, Dick's here, here's, here's what's happening. <laughs> I got some Discworld for you. We sort of have a pecking order here on Book Club and I've totally violated it. I just picked Sick Puppy, so I wasn't allowed to pick another book. And I don't read books, so I wasn't going to pick this time. But then Cap said, fuck that, I'm picking another one. I, I, did, I did pick the next book and here's why. Uh, because it's fairly recent, and because I secured an interview relating to it. Um, and I think you guys are going to be pretty excited about it. Are there dragons? Uh, there are no dragons. Are there robots? Uh, there's no robots. <sighs> are there aliens? Cap, are there aliens? There's no aliens. Is there... Oh my god, is Harrison Ford in it? I yes. suppose he could be in the film. Hmm. No, the answer is not he could be. He is. Is Harrison <laughs> Ford in it? No robots. Harrison Ford. No robots, no dragons, no pictures, I'm assuming. Why would I be excited honestly, about I'm, this I'm book, I'm actually Cap. not excited who Harrison Ford would play in this. Uh, there might not be a role for him, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this, this book is called Even Adam, and it's by Michael Grant. You're making me read a religious book, dude? Dude? I get the impression there might be another, another name on there. Even Adam. It's about the woman. Michael Grant and Catherine Applegate. If the name Catherine Applegate doesn't sound familiar to you, then maybe the name K.A. Applegate might. You mean the, the authoress of the books that I've loved as kids, the Animorphs? That's right, the author of uh, Animorphs, With the Hork Badgers? Applegate. I see where this is going now. It's the Hork Bajiers, yes. <laughs> you know she's sisters of Christina Applegate. That's not true. No, it's not. Um, and Michael Grant, the other author, is her husband. What? This is their first official team-up, except that on the flap here for, uh, for even Adam, it says, uh, together, as K.A. Applegate, he and Catherine wrote the very popular Animorph series. To oh, best, fuck me. To the best of my knowledge, it wasn't publicly known that they actually acted as a team for Animorphs. I didn't so fucking know it. I, I didn't know it either. Now, so I'm, they, them together is K.A. Applegate? Exactly. Wow. So this is, this is a K.A. Applegate novel. Starting at high school level book, so it's not it's not quite as young readers. As that Animorphs, means I can read but, it. Thank but as, you. As we know, Animorphs. Um, if, well, if you're not if you're not familiar <laughs> with Animorphs, Animorphs <laughs> was a um, uh, young adult book series that was extremely mature for its age. It was a, a lot a, of violence, uh, extreme violence. It was a, it's a sci-fi war with some teenagers who have some alien technology that lets them transform into animals, which they use to uh, try to basically act as 
uh, insurgents taking down a already very much in progress secret alien invasion. Okay, so and one Animorphs, of them got trapped in the form of a bird. So Animorphs has Peregrine aliens. Falcon. Yes. He was Tobias and he was awesome. He, he was peregrine. my favorite character. He turned into a Peregrine Falcon? And was stuck there because if he you would, were to stay in a morph for longer, and what was it, three hours? Yeah, it was th- yeah, three hours. I feel more. sorry for we him because Peregrine Falcons have a really high metabolism and he'd have to eat like... 10 pizzas a day to keep that metabolism. Well, he, he had to He had to learn how to kill mice, and then he also regained the ability to morph, but stayed in falcon he form. He needs to eat a whole chicken every, like, six hours well, being a falcon. Technically, Tony, he regained the ability to morph, but his base was still a falcon form. He learned how to morph himself as a human. Yeah, that's true. This book's, that book series, The Animorphs, kicked ass. I, I've read them recently. They're still very enjoyable, and... Starting a couple of years ago, they're actually being re-released with slightly edited versions so that they're up to modern technology. Yeah. Just just a couple words here and there. But we're not reading The Animorphs. No, we're reading Even Adam. This is a book about genetic engineering. My what? my my field in school. <laughs> was it? Yeah, we won't talk about it, but it was. <laughs> uh, this is set in the near future, and, uh, and it's about a, a girl who at the very beginning of the book gets into a horrific accident and very quickly uh, is nursed to health. She's brought to her mother's institution. Her mother runs this massive medical pharmaceutical facility. Medical Mechanica. They're a big corporation and their fingers are in a lot of technological pies. pies. And she starts to learn some very interesting things about what's going on over there and uh, the legacy of her her parents. It is a... um, tremendously fun book i read it almost all in one sitting so there is a bit of science fiction in there oh there's a lot of science fiction okay so i've got something to look forward to yes 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 Yes. genetic engineering uh sci-fi yes it's all it's all here uh in even adam and it's amazing i've been trying to uh i've been wanting to get k.a applegate on the show for a very long time you didn't realize it's two people i didn't realize it was two people unfortunately Catherine applegate won't be able to attend but michael grant Half of the team is coming Think to the, the next questions, book club. The questions you can ask him that you never knew that he was part of the Animorphs. I've got, I have so many questions. Right, this is going to be um, a five hour long interview. He, he's also, he's also the author of uh, another young adult series, maybe like probably the same uh, level as, uh, as even Adam maybe called Gone and a, a book called Berserk, which has actually been optioned by Sam Raimi to be made into a film. And I'll be reading that next. That uh, sounds fucking awesome. Yeah, this is going to be incredible. I'm, I think you guys can understand why I jumped the gun and chose to pick another book. So this, this book came out late last year. And actually, right now, there's also a prequel story to it that's available as an ebook called Life's a Bitch, Then You Die, I believe is the title of it. <laughs> so is my mom. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. That, you can take that off the I just had, whatever, came out. Your mom's a bitch, and then you die. She... she I ain't the one gonna be dying shit. <laughs> Everybody so, dies eventually, Brandon. Even Adam is the next book, and it is fantastic. Uh, I, I think you guys are really going to like it. I uh, know I mean, what I'm gonna buy and download later. Speaking from uh, an, the perspective of an, am, of an Animorph fan, the voice of this book is everything I ever loved about Animorphs. It's got, it's got all that stuff. It's got some extreme violence in it. Uh, it has slightly more mature interactions between characters. I, I just it's called Even this. Adam, we can only assume. Now, one of my favorite parts about the Animorphs books uh-huh. was that you would flip the pages and watch the transformation <laughs> from the cover. <laughs> is this present in Even Adam? No, wait, Tony, excuse it is me? not. Excuse God. me, wait, 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 hold the fucking dick out here. What, what happened in the Animorph books? Well, hold, okay. hold on a sec, and I'll, I'll bring one in here, and you can see for yourself. You, cha- you turn the cover... Right, well, a hog, Cap, is a hologram. Cap's going to get one for me because I I never read Animorphs. Yeah. Uh, so with me right here, I've got uh, I have 
uh, issue one of Animorphs, the the re the the new, more modern publication, which features a lenticular hologram transformation on the front, uh, and then also the original Animorphs issue thirty six, the mutation. Let me see the new one first. Um, okay, here's here's the new one with the testicular hologram. <laughs> what? No, and that's not the coolest part. Let me see. What's the coolest part? Wait, okay, as I'm turning the pages, and there's a lizard, and then there's a kid, and he's like, he has one giant eyeball that looks he's like not, a lizard. He's eye. not turning the pages; he's actually rotating the cover. Then, yeah, but, uh, okay, well, but here's here's the original. the uh, The new one does not feature a flipbook feature, but that is Shamu? set. Okay, open it up. Open okay, it up. Look opening in the up. There's right a bunch corner. of Shamu people on the front, and I'm I'm opening it up, and there's Shamu. Shamu people. Okay, uh, <laughs> now, now it features Shamu, Marco, or Jake turning into an orca is on the cover of that. Which That's was I said a Shamu. really big deal because they had to learn how to hold their breath and how all that cool stuff. It was like you a learn a lot fucking, about animorphs from the uh, animals? Or animals from the animals. <laughs> you, learn, you learn a lot about no, animorphs you, from animals. Not all that you need. Well, to Brandon, did you, did you do the flipbook part? What flipbook, guys? I don't know how fucking look there and oh, then flip that's what you're that talking shit. about. The original that's... animorphs books all had had like uh, come in the bottom right transformations. Just oh, it says even the book morphs. Flip the pages and check it out. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, there's a bitch with a fin. And she's gr- her legs turn into another fin. Bitch is an orca. I saw it. It was good. Let me. Okay, now what's this other thing about the the newer animorphs that you said? There was another flip book in there. No, no, there there, no, there isn't. isn't. It's a lenticular it's a hologram part. on the front. Oh, so I did see the coolest part. Yes, the testicular hologram. So uh, we haven't had a chance to talk about it yet, but oh my god, September was the biggest month ever. Holy fuck, you guys! We had a, a nerdy show support drive where we asked you to choose the next role playing game one shot that we would record, or we record a dramatic role playing game like performance thing, like we do with Dungeons and Doritos and Pokeballs of Steelix. And uh, apparently, you guys wanted us to role play as rich people. <laughs> it took me a while to get that, but I, I understand now because because you guys because so much money. Um, it was a, a record breaking total for ner- for a month of nerdy show support. $2,245. I can get those That's diamond insane. shoes I've always wanted. No, you can't. Well, you, you can get, get quartz because mm-hmm. I need a set too. Okay. Yeah, we get them gold-plated microphones. Oh, Woo! yes. Yeah, really, shoes is an inappropriate use. If we're going to get anything luxurious, it better be a gold-plated microphone. But these rugs aren't comfortable. I need shoes for your rugs. <laughs> and gold shoes are really good. Well, really what that money's going to turn into is more quality programming from Nerdy Show and uh, you know, projects like uh comic book printing and all that sort of stuff. Uh good exciting things from Nerdy Show, more episodes of Nerdy Show live, which would be cool. An excuse to bring me on. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, uh basically um basically more cool stuff from Nerdy Show is what all this turns into. So thank you so much guys. Uh this is of course uh, it's a it's a hobby. Uh, th- this is something we d- we do in addition to day jobs. So uh, it's oh, yeah. like, we're we're all very very grateful. And uh, you know, hopefully in the future, like Nerdy Show is a big enough thing that w- you know it could be oh, our actual do. jobs, and How we could just that? constantly entertain you. We that come would be straight amazing. from work to do this, and we are exhausted, and we do it for you. Do it for you. So this we, is my free we do time. Do it for you, Cassie Muldrow. <laughs> you know, we, we've got uh, we have a listener base of uh, of thousands of people. Um, and we don't usually have this kind of a turnout for support, and we're really grateful. And a lot of people turned out for the first time, and some of these people turn out for the first time, and they've been listening to us since the very beginning, which is really oh, exciting. Oh shit, that's which awesome! Is really we amazing. love hearing from you guys. It's so great. Yeah, it's it's really it's really incredible to hear from you guys, and thank you so much for supporting us. We had a total of forty eight people support us this month, and it was it was both a, a, a record in number of people supporting and a record in total of uh, for the month. Uh, when last we talked, well. Call of Cthulhu had a massive lead over everything else, but then Viral Demon swooped in and he said, I think I will level the playing field a bit. Put it all on Firefly. Here's hoping this one goes down to the wire. And then all of a sudden, Mass Effect from nowhere caught up with everything. That was Colin. 
That was it college. Really? That was I wasn't. I, I wasn't able to watch everything. But no, Matt's not really caught up. <laughs> it didn't. Oh. <laughs> that was me I, I, raising your hopes. The last time I saw it, it had like twenty eight bucks, which I appreciated. <laughs> and I'd like to add that Viral Demon did contribute in a big, big way. He Call of Cthulhu was over five hundred dollars, and he brought firefly to over 500 dollars. so that holy uh, he, shit just by himself just 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 by himself it wasn't 500 dollars. it was already very high but it wasn't anywhere near that high oh, okay i suppose i should add that the the winner in the end was call of cthulhu which won by a landslide 859 dollars backing it jesus yeah. if i could whistle i'd be whistling right now all was not lost many campaign for their own topics and andy kurtz joined the battle with viral demon saying put it towards firefly i know anything you guys do will be awesome thanks but Tolan, Tolan, who was the grand champion of uh, Cthulhu, said, Fatag! By the way, Kat, and, and contributed a huge amount to, uh, to Call of Cthulhu, like, upping the ante and pushing it past Firefly by quite a bit. Uh, he went on to say, by the way, Cap, it's been fun listening to you try to pronounce the Cthulhu cult prayer. <laughs> Interestingly, you tend to get the less well-known words correct, or as close to correct as can be done. Remember, Lovecraft himself was said to have pronounced Cthulhu as the guttural clue-clue. While the more common ones, really fatang, tend to come out more mangled. BTW, don't know if you if anyone's actually mentioned it or if you've checked yourself, but as I recall, Fangalui Maflag Cthulhu Wraith Wagalanagai Fatang translated means in the house of dread wraith, Cthulhu dreams. Anyway, keep up the good work. Now Brandon, you're Jewish. That uh, sounds mm. somewhat like Hebrew. Whatever, Brukata. Olam. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. <laughs> um, Tolan in this act became an honorary producer of the show, as you can oh, if you contribute yeah. to Nerdy Show. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Yes, congratulations, Tolan. You are the worthy of applause. The high priest of tentacle beings. Now, did this support drive go so well? You think because of the last one shot RPG? Tabletop? I, well, I'd like to think that the quality of the Paranoia XP RPG had something to do with it. Yeah. Okay. Good. I think that. What? What? I'm sorry. What was that, Brandon? I couldn't. I couldn't hear you over you tooting your own horn. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I, I was just wondering because I didn't feel I did that well. No, that, but... that, that episode was fantastic. Okay, good then. And you guys, shut up, you, are going to love whatever's coming next. Oh, my God. It's going to be crazy. Uh, Call of Cthulhu, interestingly enough, it didn't have, once, once it got on top, it got so far on top, it just supporters just came out of the woodworks. The, the other, the other uh, role-playing systems didn't stand a chance. No everybody... shadow run. No Grundle taint. <laughs> oh, poor Grundle taint. No um, Halen Voss. But there's always next time. This is not this is as soon as we get Call of Cthulhu recorded, there will be another role playing support drive. Fender Gochad said, Call of Cthulhu. Also, you guys are awesome. Sean, That's his real voice. I love it. Uh Sean Red said, I couldn't let this month pass by without supporting Nerdy Show. Sixty one dollars to Call of Cthulhu and three dollars to each of the other thirteen RPG systems. Wow. Wow, Roosevelt. Jesus. Hey man, thank you. Thank you, Sean, for supporting Mass Effect. Mass Effect. Three dollars. It was a contender, Colin. It was I'm a gonna contender. personally thank everyone who supported Mass Effect. Well then you're gonna love Nil, who said twenty dollars to Mass Effect. The fight against the Reapers is lost to the real Elder Gods and a different kind of Reaper, but N sevens don't end things tied at last place. Damn right they don't. And and no they didn't. <laughs> he he raised Mass Effect up to a slightly higher class than everybody else. <laughs> everybody else festering at the bottom with Grendel Taint. <laughs> <Aww. laughs> I think more people need to play the uh, Super Nintendo shadowrun game which is what got me even knowing what shadowrun was and i love that game everyone play it it's hard nil thank you <laughs> anik zimmer said i love all the contenders competing for this one shot but at this point i'll have to throw in for the most likely outcome call of cthulhu Cork said good news everyone 
I got a bonus this month. And when Cork gets a bonus, Nerdy Show gets a bonus. Hooray! Which is fucking awesome. Damn. Uh, you're, dude. You're Cork is awesome. He joined us on the um, uh, SimCity server for a while, uh, for when it was running. It was great. Yeah, you remember, you remember who vanished off the face of the SimCity server's earth? Me. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. Having experience with Call of Cthulhu, I would like to donate my money thusly. Also, you should hype the Nerdy Show shirts more. They're super comfortable and affordable. Stylish and hip. Take care, guys. And, and, and it's true, we do have a Nerdy Show store where you can buy Nerdy Show shirts and Dungeons & Doritos shirts. The Nerdy Show shirts featuring our classic ninja turtle style logo is uh they're printed on american apparel and honestly they are some of the most comfy t-shirts i own yeah it's true and i need I'm a new one i own two of them i will buy one we're out of small oh well see that's why i'm sorry I, that's why i'm not buying one because you're out of small but but honestly they haven't sold very well so um help i us. request a small sir so, so buy more stock and then we will order more john anyway john fennington said a small gift for the great cthulhu to curry favor with the deep ancients can't wait for the game no matter what wins Kevin McDonald, who uh, previously he contributed, we didn't know what he was um, what he was contributing for, and he won the Jamesy Microsode that we oh, talked Jesus. about, featuring Jamesy Roquette from Pokeballs of Steelix. Oh Jesus! He said uh, he hit us back and said his money is going to Cthulhu. He also said, "Been listening for years, and I love all the core nerdy show stuff, RPGs, and Derpy Show. Thank you for the years of fun." P.S. Brandon is best pony. <laughs> I am. It's true. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> i am best pony joe barda said one dollar to everything and the residual to call of cthulhu anduin uh voted for tmnt and other strangeness and said more love for state of the empire fyi 74 hours of searching for han solo slash wookie slash willow fan fiction has not resulted in an adequate story suitable for a nerdy show reading just wait though <laughs> You know what? It, so, it feels good to know that we have agents out there. Many Bostons will have died for that story. I think Anduin needs to just write uh, some. I, I feel, like, I feel that. like that's what he was implying. And actually, good. Anduin, Anduin, you were the first person to respond to our request for unsavory, erotic cross franchise fan fiction featuring Willow. Speaking oh of my which, god, yeah. I want some brownies, Willow Hood action. <laughs> <laughs> Or like brownies and salacious crumb. <gasps> yes. I just brownies want brownies and salacious crumb. <laughs> Kevin Wise said, I know it's not much, but put this on Star Wreck. I have to help my fellow community D&D players. Caitlin Kruger said, getting you guys closer to two grand. Try not to spend it all in one place. Stick my money on Dresden Files and let it ride. I feel lucky. Poor Dresden Files. It <laughs> always gets such a strong start and then something happens. Yep. Maybe next I time will be Dresden Files this time. I've read I've read Dresden Files actually because of Nerdy Show Book Club and and the supporters and the uh, uh, listeners suggesting Dresden Files and I I have just read Werewolf One it was, it was pretty good yeah I looked into the Dresden Files uh, RPG when we were um, like in the character classes and stuff when we were yeah. creating all the the, uh, the the pitches for characters for these for these games and everything and man it's uh, it's different all the the werebeasts are different and the vampires are different from what i know and i was like oh man i gotta do more research otherwise i won't do a good job of this <laughs> <laughs> hugh o'donnell said here's a little bit of last minute love for dresden files it's a long shot at this point but i love me some fate system games miserable rain god said been a long time since i could support mortgages are a bitch i'm still listening and loving though bring on the non-canon D. I vote for champions god people are spending their mortgage money on this 
That's a beautiful thing. <laughs> we are, because we are, we are our, the laughter that we generate will help them stay warm when they are living on the street. I, I'd like to point out that Champions was actually not initiated as an official vote in the uh, the role-playing system thing, and, and his uh, his support came on one of the last days. So we, we, Champions never made it up on the board. There's a whole approval process and everything. Uh, but Champions is a really cool system. I've been aware of it for a while. I've never played it myself. In the future, if uh, you want to include it on the role-playing uh, support drive, the next one we do, go for it. That would be great. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, all, so far, all the ones who, which have won have not been our suggestions, but have been your suggestions. And that's cool. <laughs> we, just, we just put the suggestions there as a way to sort of get things rolling. So, and, and then, boom, you guys just, you take it, you, you run you, you with it. It rolls, goddammit. <laughs> Or in this case, slithers from the from the unending this black. Is more of a sort of a slither. Uh, Durafago says, though neither of my choices, Dresden Files and Shadowrun, are going to win this time around. I know you guys will produce something fun to listen to listen to to listen to <laughs> fun uh, to listen to. I know you guys will produce something fun to listen to. Go buy some calamari with this. Oh my god! Can I? Can you get me some calamari now? We, might, we should probably get some calamari during yeah. during uh, right calamari. Colin doesn't like. Thank you for supporting Shadowrun. Well, you see, that's okay, because I'm going to want to play with this, because it's got 1920 stuff, and I'm a fan of Calamari. I have to thank Drafigo for supporting Shadowrun, because it's one of the most complicated things I've ever fucking looked at, and I don't know how I would even do it in the first place. But it's brilliant. <laughs> Hoodoo Voodoo says, Can't not have the D&D lost episode. I kind of want to see how things play out without any interference on my part this time around. Next time, though, there will be a reckoning. Thanks, as always, for the quality entertainment. And the, the D&D episode they're referring to is an episode of Dungeons and Doritos, which was never released. It is a it is a completely out of continuity episode 25. There's a, a very complicated explanation as to why. But um, there's a separate episode that we'll link to on this episode's page so that you can find out exactly why if you're that curious. But if you support us at any at any at any amount, now that these amazing people have unlocked it, you too can get this lost episode of D&D. Anthony Lean Rubbert, he donated to us and he didn't say what for and didn't leave a message. But dude, you're cool. You got three names. How can you not be cool? And then there's Pestilence. Pestilence, who's now an honorary producer, if that helps you understand. Holy the, uh, shit. The, uh, the, the, the depth of his, his, me, his, eternal, wallet. his eternal love and giving. His wallet. The, the, is he, is he the, friends with famine and death? The size of his Roosevelt's. Um, <laughs> uh, he, he may be acquainted with them. We, we will see. Uh, he says, greetings. I've been listening to you fine folks since the very first D&D episode and have finally decided to give something back. I cannot say whether I'll be donating again anytime soon after this donation, but I just felt like I have to give back after all these years of entertainment and information. My original plan was to donate a long time ago, but then the horrible event with Mike happened, and I must admit, I felt unsure about whether you all would remain and keep up the show with the same quality after that. So I waited and kept listening, and as time went on, I realized that my worries were unfounded. So this money is for your great past, and hopefully for your even greater future. I'll not be putting money on any of the RPG systems. As for microsodes, I have no use for them, so give them away to other listeners. And so I did. And so he rode off on his great <laughs> war horse, and uh, as, as mysterious as to he came... To wait until the but, end of days, <laughs> when he could ride and, down and let us know that, you know what, I was wrong with that last letter. Pestilence upon all of you! <laughs> and no, dude, thank you so, so much. And, Fucking and, and seriously, everybody, man. And everybody who, who contributed to us was just incredibly wonderful, incredibly generous, and we thank you so much. So it's October now, and we've got, a, uh, we've got new stuff on the horizon. Every month, there's something new for you guys if you support Nerdy Show. Uh, the base thing, the thing, that, the thing to start October with, we've got some outtakes from our episode where we talked about Mutant Football League and GTA Five. We have a you lot of not, outtakes. You do not want to miss that one. That, I forgot those about are some those. great, 
great outtakes from that. What the hell did we say, Brandon? I don't don't know. Tony and Brandon have done a really good job of restraining themselves this recording, but typically when they get together, it turns into the most rambly, absurd episode ever. Most of the things I say, like 90% of them get cut out of every episode, by the way. So you all know. Yay! (laughs) We're the most talkative non-stars of the show. You guys should get a show where you just talk. Yeah. How many minutes, uh, Cap, are from that episode? I, I, I don't mean, remember. Well, considering honestly. it when you, because I listen, because I, I love the sound of my own voice. We listened to that episode and it's like, <laughs> it's tw- we're at 25 minutes. Go. That was two seconds in to the video game episode. So there's 20 <laughs> minutes of content. <laughs> that's how, it, that's how we do it, here. It's actually not quite that much, but uh, but it is it is a good chunk. However, there's a stretch goal for this month. We need $300 as our baseline uh, costs for running Nerdy Show in general, server costs and electricity and all that sort of stuff. At $600 is the stretch goal for this month, and that unlocks 13 minutes of outtakes from our Nerdy Show Prime episode, Mighty Mega Men, uh, some of these outtakes feature the Proto Men and some rambly stories from those guys oh, um, and some really, really great stuff. Only 13 minutes. I thought there was like two hours of rambling. Well, it's 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 13 minutes with it all edited down. So <laughs> it's it's more, you know, there's a lot. of Yes, there was a lot of rambling, but it's it's the, the best 13 minutes. So, yeah, there's that. And then also from that episode, there's there's a uh, support perk that was available to everybody who contributed in September because they kept unlocking more support perks. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, you know, two thousand dollars worth of support perks. Holy crap. Uh, they, a microsode that we did, an accidental microsode uh, about uh, Yaoi, Popeye, and Mario. <laughs> well, blow me down. I love it. <laughs> I will blow you down. Downstairs. Um, anyway, October. <laughs> October, <laughs> October we, had, we got a couple donations as of this episode's recording. Grant Arundel said, love the shows, in particular the role-playing episodes. See you all at Nerdapalooza. Yes. yes yes everyone go it's on sale grant, it's gonna be fucking amazing i'm gonna be there you can buy my artwork you can meet me you can tell me i'm a whore uh, grant you bring up <laughs> a very good point october is the month of nerdapalooza the weekend of the 17th 18th and 19th it is nerdapalooza time and we are all gonna be there probably on saturday we'll have an official nerdy show get together where as many hosts as are available will come out and hang out with the fans we'll have a designated time Nerdy Show's booth is inside the Illuminated Lion booth where John and Kristen from Nerdy Show are selling custom glassware and other laser etch sort of things, uh, including a very special glass designed by Tony. What? This, this might have something to do with maybe a little, a little chair? Uh, Dungeons and Doritos glassware featuring the characters. The first one to come out is chair. We may actually have the first set available, but if not... You'll be able to buy the chair glass and pre-order the whole first set uh, featuring uh, VMAC and Barty. Best frenemies. Yeah, the the best frenemies set. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That's fucking brilliant. I didn't even know that was happening. and I love that. I'm going to get a VMAC glass and break it. (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen seen the chair glass, Colin? He hasn't. I'm going to buy them all. Shall we? I, I think maybe a link to the design is in order. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll link to the design on this episode's page. Uh, so that you can know just how much Naked Dwarf you're going to be pressing to your face. And of course, shortly after Nerdapalooza, if not right after Nerdapalooza, we'll have these available for sale online. Uh, so there's the first set, the Best Frenemy set, which is Chair, VMAC, and Barty, and then that's going to be followed up by the Love Triangle set, uh, which is uh, Jamela, uh, Jennifer, and Lefty. 
That's is, is there going to be a vajazzle? Uh, you know, maybe if the Gleam Seekers become pop- popular enough, we can talk about vajazzle. Well, there's a series of shot glasses. Uh, I love a plush vajazzle with love hole accessory. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm used no. to that. I'm used oh, to that. Oh dear God! Right, well, I, need, I need to point out that as of this recording, I don't I don't know when when it's released. If this will still be going on, but Living Social has the tickets for half off right now. If you think you can't afford it, it's half off. For it, all three days of it, Nerdapalooza. It may or may not be, uh, but if it is, check, I out, check out Living Social, see if you can get those half-off tickets. Because, holy God, the amount of content that you guys are going to get for, I mean, even at its regular price, it's what, 70 bucks for the weekend? I think it's 90 for all three days, but it's 45 on Living Social. It's, it's They Might Be Giants uh, headlining with the Proto Men and, and Nerf Herder and a bunch of the and best And the final performance ever. of Epic Win Burlesque. And you'll get to it's hang true. out with everyone who listens to the show. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah, it's ba- Nerdapalooza is basically the nerdy show convention, so... These days... It it exists separately, but we're hijacking it. So sure. And and here we have one more supporter, and you guys are going to really like this. We have Jens Johansson, who is literally all the way from Iceland. Yes, <laughs> he's from Reykjavik. Jens wow. Johansson. He says, "Ten to Pokeballs of Steelix, without a doubt, your best show. No offense. And ten to Nerdy FM. Please don't leave me again. Thank you. Ooh, nice. Well, of course, nerdy. Of course, Pokeballs of Steelix is the best show. I mean, that's where I'm on." Jamesy? It's I mean, don't you agree? Design. I don't remember what Jamesy sounds like. It's the sound design. Let's be serious here. <laughs> <laughs> the sound design and maybe maybe the eye patch. Everybody loves me. <laughs> Without a doubt, Pokeballs of Steelers can attribute all of its success and fame to the extreme amount of Pokepological data compiled by yours truly, Percy Perkowitz. You know what? You're just a creepy old man. I really did not appreciate you peeing with me. I thought you were a man, Martin. I'm I'm 16. Are you on an adventure, are you not? Are you not a man? No, not yet. Not until Gary starts returning my phone calls. It's a sign of respect, you ungrateful whelp. It's a sign of pedophilia. You know what they say? You're insecure. Old enough to pee, old enough for me. That's right, they do say that. Where do they say that? What even den do they say that in? Moss Eisley? That's a Star Wars reference. I don't, think, I don't think Star Wars exists in that universe. Anyway, thank you guys so much for supporting. Oh my god, this this, this whole support thing is it's been an enormous segment. That, that this is the Nerdy Show community. We uh, we are are filled with nothing but nonstop uber love. Thank you so much. Come over yeah, here I, for a hug. Yeah, I cannot wait to see you guys at Nerdapalooza. It's going to be such a great weekend. I really can't wait to get a get a drink with some of you friends. We are going to have only a few drinks for you, though, Colin. Only a few. Um, oh, I'm going to get I fucking do, drunk, I do have to record the party microsode on Monday. So. Uh, the the proto men do have a date with Brandon. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. They, they really want to get drunk with you, Brandon. You know what? Done. <laughs> I'm drunk I'm right tag- now. Can, can I tag along? I can't be awake and not drunk. So whatever. <laughs> anyway, nerdy show nerdy show hosts from all over the country are going to be at Nerdapalooza. Even uh, Matt from Los Angeles, Colin uh, from Nashville. Of course, all the Florida people are going to be there. Nelson and Schaefer from Epic Podcast. Of course, they're famous in their own right. They're going to be there. Uh, Lefty Lucy is going to be in town. Like it's going to be this huge D and D reunion thing. This uh, is this is going to be. Even, you, you can see uh, Lefty Lucy shake it for you. That's true. Is that one guy who writes Atomic Robo? He uh, gonna be there. Uh, Brain Clevenger is uh, unfortunately not going to be there. Oh, this bu- year. This year he will be some year, but he's busy making the big bucks. Male deer. He Asian. doesn't make a lot of money from um uh, from the comic book writing, but he does make a lot of money from uh his buck farming, vacuum forming plastic bucks. <laughs> 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 he borrowed John's 3D printer for that. 
<laughs> anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening. If you want to read any of the books that you've heard about on this episode, follow the links on this episode's page. If you buy them through Amazon, it'll send some money back to Nerdy Show. We'd be eternally grateful. It's the easiest way to support us. And, uh, you know, the holiday season's coming up, so consider following a link through Nerdy Show to just do your shopping and you'll just do whatever you normally do and then... Buy your flat screen TVs for everybody in your family. And, and, and even though it's nothing extra, it trickles down to us, which is a pretty cool side effect. Uh, even Adam Reagan is, approves. <laughs> even Adam is the next book. It's by Michael Grant and Catherine Applegate. It's really fantastic. Be sure to get that. Read along with us for the next episode and stay tuned when we're going to interview Michael Grant, one of the forces behind Animorphs. If you have any questions for him, well, go to the Nerdy Show forums, discuss even Adam and unload on your questions about Animorphs because I've got some, I know. We had a lot of things to talk about, so we weren't able to do a movie tie-in or movie adaptation, but we will bring those back uh, soon. Post-haste. Yeah. Yes, we will. All right. And taking us out, we have something brand new from Astronautilus and P.O.S. You probably know Astronautilus's name. He's one of our favorite nerdy rappers who exists outside of the nerdcore genre, just a genuinely nerdy and very cool dude. Well, he got together with his buddy P.O.S., and they've become a rap super duo called Four Fists. They just released a 7-inch with two tracks, and they're both part of a set of songs they recorded quite some time ago and haven't released till now, all inspired by F. Scott Fitzgerald. Two of those songs appeared some years earlier on each of their respective solo records, and uh, these are the remaining two from that set, and then there's going to be a full-length unrelated to F. Scott Fitzgerald coming in the near future. What we're going to play you right now is the first single from Four Fists. This is called Mm-hmm. We'll link to where you can pick up this track and its B-side, Please Go, on this episode's page, as well as a brand new music video where you can see these dudes spitting these rhymes about old F. Scott. Bye, I'm Cap. Bye, I'm Tony! Bye, <laughs> Bye I'm Brandon. Bye, I'm Colin.
collect your common sense and run, period. to speak more clearly. This is Levi County Fire Rescue. Do you have an emergency to report? Yeah! My back is bored. I've been in my face. I need help! Sir, do you speak English? Hang on, Mr. Boo Gozer. I'm transferring you to someone who can take the information. Oh! Help! Please! Diga, ¿dónde está? Ah, 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 ah,